Hi, my name is Trev, and uh, we're going to do a thing. So, it's the first time we ever did it. So, if it sucks, I'll come to your house and kill you if you say so. I, I gotta rush away. Unfortunately, at the recording of this intro and outro, I am quite sick, so Nate has decided to opt out as we don't want to get Nate sick, um, but I'm here. I'm doing it for you guys. Um, got a real cool episode ahead of us. Uh, episode five, I believe, is this one. Uh, it is an interview with the notorious, the great Cole, the Coltrane Fowler. Uh, ACL uh, fighter, great dude. Dude has been fighting foam with me and Nate for quite a while now. Um, big guy, big heart, lots of really cool stories, um, and just a great fighter overall and a great advocate for a very amazing sport. Um, I just want to go ahead and give you guys a heads up real quick before this podcast starts. Uh, in recording of this one, we were doing a 24-hour live stream for Nate's birthday. Um, so if we sound kind of tired, if we sound kind of drained, if we sound like we're not all there, it's because we've all been up a long time. We've all had a real long day that day. Uh, we, we tried powering through it. Uh, there's video of it out there. I'm sure if you go to our Facebook page, you can find links to it, to Nate's page, to the videos of our live stream, uh, to watch the whole process go down. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun having him out. Um, oh, uh, We'll get to the how we're all doing thing later. All right. So for right now, uh, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the voices of the Nate cast coming to you live talking about the great sport of ACL. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nate Squared podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm here with my co-host. I'm also Nate. And that's the joke. That's the name of our podcast. And today, we're here for episode five. And we're catching up on an interview that we tried to get done a few weeks ago where there were some cancellations. We wanted to roll it into episode four as part of our just fake sword fighting in general podcast. We're catching up on it today. 
I'm going to apologize in advance for being absolutely fucking exhausted because this is part of my 24-hour live stream I'm doing it for my birthday. I've been up for a long time. And today, we're sitting down with a dear friend of mine, Cole Fowler. And Cole, I just want to know, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I had a nice meal earlier. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's good to be hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Well, it's good having you here, man. What type of what type of meal did you have? What, what were we chowing down? What were we gnawing on? I had some amazing Thai food at Amazing Thai Cuisine. Is that the name of the place? On 71st Street in Broken Arrow. It's like it's right near the White River Fish Market. Or, well, what's I'm happy redundant? to hear that you had a wonderful meal at least. We have a uh, we have a peanut gallery we're going to have to deal with over to the side, and it's okay. I'll try really hard to. Lock this off. Issues. Cole, we're here today to talk about full steel combat. Sure. Um, one thing I wanted to get right first is definitions. So can you kind of define to us what is like the ACL, the HMBA, Bohurt? Like what are these different organizations that all kind of seem to be doing the same things? Bohurt is a general term that okay. originates from a French name for the medieval tournament which would be what you would think of as a joust okay. and we specifically compete in the foot combat that would have been alongside jousting uh and it's how knights who were not on campaign would stay sharp and win money and ladies I got and you. things so okay but there are several different organizations and are they just kind of right uh regionalized so, so originally there was hmb historic medieval battle yeah uh, probably um which is a organization ran by the russians and several of the acl leadership were a part of the first american team to ever go compete overseas okay. in that tournament and that was about five years ago in poland so andre sanu jay brooks uh and several others who i'm not gonna mess up yeah bam bam um, they all started this league, the ACL, and decided to go fight in the HMB. A few years into that process, they uh, had some issues with corrupt uh, dealings happening, and the way that the just league bad business deals. Or? Well, you know, uh, the Russians are a little bit notorious for sports ethics, Very and uh, they're like some documented incidences of them like actively fixing and cheating on camera like being caught cheating just nothing being like, done about it in the middle of a match like a player being held up by someone outside of the list wow uh, and it's on camera against the american team but anyway without going into that dirty uh, laundry too much out of that the imcf was formed okay. by a uh, international committee so it's ran by a board of officers who are selected by uh, all the different teams so like jay brooks and andre are on the imcf board as well as other leaders from the different countries who compete and through international cooperation uh it's our belief that that will be a more fruitful and uh fair league to proceed with the sport i mean i definitely think that's something that kind of is grabbing to me about I guess the Bohurt culture in general is the fact that it is so multinational, which I guess is kind of makes sense because it had its roots in Europe and it's a lot easier to be multinational and 
that kind of continent. But of course, there's a huge emphasis on it. I actually want to delve into your origins and fighting in general, because you started at the same group that I started at, which was Melee. And right. What year was that? And I want to know, kind of like, was it Zach that brought you out? How was it that you first heard about it? And what was your first like few times coming out like? So, in high school is when I started fighting with swords at Melee. And uh, what had happened was I met Zach Summerall in the cafeteria. Uh, and a f- another friend of ours, Cody Bartley and him, were hanging out at this specific table every day and one day i didn't have anywhere to sit so i went and like sat down at an empty spot at their table and by the end of the conversation like i remember stating to zach like did we just become like friends like all of us you know what was it that you guys talked about i don't even remember but i always like tend to just like bond with these little guys like zach and uh there's several people i can think of in my life but Anyway, we we became good buddies, and he immediately thought, like, I could use this giant jock in my (laughs) nerd conquest. And he was, like, telling me about this, you know, crazy game that he plays with foam weapons covered in duct tape. And it was all kind of confusing but intriguing. And I think someone explained it to me, like, similar to paintball. Yeah. And pain. Yeah. yeah, as far as as far as uh, I guess pain level goes, it's pretty equitable. Yeah. And at the time, I'd been playing football for a while, so I wasn't really intimidated too much by the idea. And went out there, and uh, it's really kind of the first step I took in becoming a creative individual outside of just like social uh, norm social expectations and like of how you're supposed to be behaving what you're supposed to be putting your focus into like you know outside of academics or some kind of career path like yeah it allowed me to express myself in a way that i hadn't ever right found an arena to do so in uh and and really like gave me a lot of confidence as an individual looking back you know i wasn't aware that it was a formative experience as much as just a fun and you know, enjoyable thing that I like doing. Well, yeah, because there's, there's a, a ton of just childlike fun and joy that goes along with just, you know, swinging fake swords at your friends. But if you ever look at it through just any kind of competitive light, you'll have to learn a lot of really hard lessons through foam fighting. Um, you know, one, to become good. And I think you also kind of had this taught to you in football. I did at least. You have to be very humble and just be willing to take instruction and just understand that, you know, you're not the, you know, you're not some fucking Johnny Hotshot prodigy. Right. Uh, you have to, you have to swallow a lot of pride. I think it teaches, but I think, I think foam fighting has taught me at least that, uh, I can't learn anything or truly become good at anything. If I'm not willing to be humble enough to, you know, think to I might fail at it, to fail at it. And it gets you used to failing over and over and over again on the quest to becoming good at something. Right. And it's very satisfying when you start seeing incremental steps towards that. Yeah. Uh, I think the people who end up getting burnt out on foam fighting, it's either due to people, you know, putting too much weight on winning and focusing too much on personal glory instead of, you know, personal, uh, growth and just having fun and enjoying it. Right. Uh, you start kind of divorced, finding things that divorce think, that. Thinking simple about fun like role models in that arena, I think of like Ben Hobb, 
who's just always happy to right. be doing whatever with with the group and encouraging people and you know laughing when he gets got with a good move and yeah bin hob is definitely know. i think a uh a shining example of a role model when i first started coming out to melee somebody that i really um kind of just flocked to as a young guy in the game because he was so open and just kind and um really strange really out there oh yeah but super lovable like most meleeers they have their quirks so what year was it that you first came out would have been 2008 i think maybe 2007 right but my sophomore year of high school and i was class of 2010 so i think that math is correct and so you only really fought in town for like what was it two or three years and you went to college correct right and uh, I played football at Dartmouth. Uh, I was an offensive lineman, if you guys don't know me. Uh, they started me out at a t- tackle position, and then mm-hmm. the speed from going to high school to college was a little f- too fast for me on the edge. Big so jump, huh? They moved me in to the interior, and that really allowed me to use my strengths uh, and get in shape in the meantime. Yeah. So I was a pulling guard, which is a really fun job getting to blow people up right because basically like, you're talking about like on things like traps and things like that right where you Pulling just get to, a lot yeah you just gotta run and down the line and blow somebody and up i'm i you know not to brag but my i have pretty good feet for how i would definitely I am, agree with so that i can you know be in the hole there and i remember uh coaches would just be like uh yelling at their running back if they didn't follow the block, you know, like follow Big <laughs> Cole, he's gonna make a hole for you. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm sure they loved having you as a tool. Yeah, you know, a big guy who could move like that, at least change directions it's, as it's well. It's been as about do. four years now since football's been over, and I'm starting to get more nostalgic now yeah. and miss it a lot more. Uh, but armored combat's definitely my scratch for that itch. How did moment. so? How did you first hear about the whole armored combat league in general? Uh, I learned about Armored Combat League through social media, YouTube videos, just seeing just stumbled it, across seeing it, it online day. and being, you know, enamored with what was happening in the videos. Uh, there were a couple, I don't know what they would be, where they would be found, but there were a few videos I can think of in particular from their fights in Poland where they were set to, you know, some classic American rock and it was just fucking awesome yeah. and inspiring. And then uh, I remember that there, there was that there was that uh playlist of all the different countries like intros for one of the big tournaments and it just like showed highlight clips of team USA, team, you know, England, team Spain, and it got me so hyped like nothing in the sword fighting world ever has. Just the production quality and the the spectacle of it, like the violence of it. Uh yeah. It's mesmerizing. I and, think it's no no wonder it's blowing up right now. It's amazing on video to watch, but getting to actually put the helmet on and like s- smell the smells, hear the sounds, uh, you know, shake the fighters' hands and like see what kind of people they are. Like the whole sport is really amazing to be around, and uh, it is a, like it's about to blow up like seriously mm-hmm. because. Uh, I don't even know how much I can talk about, but there there are quite a few um, big business moves happening involving the ACL. Right. 
without going into too many specifics. Well, I understand. There's a lot of interest in investment happening currently. And so the sky's really the limit. Like this is kind of the the axis upon which like it's going to hinge right to go up into it's gonna whatever start. it's going to become or it's, yeah you know either going to sputter out later but well, you know i think exciting the, things are happening with it the, the 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 excited response to it seems to be universal almost everyone i tell about it and show videos of it to at least think it's cool you know like i haven't had anybody look at it yet who, who thought it was not at least a very interesting thing or uh very impressive you know the amount of work that goes into competing in a game like that especially when they see how violent it is i mean it's i think it's a has a lot of a shock factor for people who grew up um with renaissance fairs and maybe grew up in things like the sca and watching fantasy movies fantasy movies yes to see it just stripped away of all of that and being what I believe to be the closest approximation of what full steel combat would have been like historically. Without, without like risking your life. So we had a little bit of an interruption there, but we were just talking about kind of the visceral violence and realism that uh, full steel fighting brings to the table. And kind of the shock and wow factor it can have on people who had more of a kind of a kitschy, soft uh, idea of sword fighting. I, I would like to take a make a note there like with your statement uh i think it's definitely you know very violent and real in the sense that the com- competition is real but we are still you know creating a sport out of medieval co- medieval combat and it's not it's we have to you know remember like it's not an actual representation we're using sword like objects that are yeah, blunt, no, it's blunt not. It's, 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 and you know i'm blocking with the blade of my weapon and yeah it's not th- there's a lot of things that, that happen that would not be the way you would operate yeah because people don't want to die actual night right it, it, it a, is a very in my opinion one of the closest approximations of it yeah um, available it teaches you many skills i think involved uh it also you know there's something to be said it's like uh so you if you're really great at armored combat it doesn't mean you're necess- like you're not learning the same skills you would need to if you were an active soldier in a war. Okay, you know that's all I'm saying. I don't know. Uh, okay, you're not getting the majority of the training about hiking, camping, whatever. Oh yeah, like foraging. yeah. I just mean in general with if you were using like a real weapon to try gotcha. to fight. So how was uh, your? How did you get drawn into the ACL? Did you reach out to somebody after seeing it on social media? Well, I learned about it uh, when I saw the videos for the first time. I just kind of knew it was something that I needed to do with my life. Uh, I knew I had the skills to at least give it a good try. Yeah. Um, And I just told myself, like, I'm going to, you know, work my way to doing this at some point. Like, it's something I am going to do. And as, uh, I went on and graduated college, got a job and was starting to make some money for the first time. Uh, I got really lucky and it was a strange occurrence. Uh, a friend of ours, Mike Summerall, who's Zach's father, uh, he had actually been in contact with Andre Sanu, who's the owner of the league and through discussion with him, about fighters and the league and what they needed uh he told him about myself uh yeah. as 
you know, someone he thought would be an asset to the team and could, you know, help the team be be more successful. So he kind of put you guys in touch with each other. Right. He he made a connection and kind of sold him on the idea of Coltrane. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was at a moment in our in our uh, relationship where we weren't on the best terms. Yeah. And it was an act. It was a really cool gesture on Mike's part to, uh, you know, have my best interest at, in his heart. So that was a cool thing. Uh, and Andre is an amazing person. You know, talk to me. Um, he's a, he's an honorable. He he truly lives like by a code of honor, and uh, right. Okay. You know, gave me credit and. Um, brought me into the sport and gave me a shot like told me show up to this event show me what you got and through uh after like a month and a half of getting ready as best i could and trying you, to you, trying tr- to learn how to wear the kit yeah, how do you figure up, out how to prepare for it, that, it was man. all just guessing and the first time i fought in armor like my stuff is falling off of me and coming undone and yeah, i've got i've got gaps seal yeah got, I got gaps gap. all over me and uh that's actually the worst I've been hurt in the sport so far. Uh, was that first time I fought, I got hit with an eight foot axe in the, oh, in the forearm, and it caught me right in a gap in my uh, my bracer, which like pinched the meat between the bone essentially. And how did that not just make you say, "All right, this this kind of fuck, I don't want to do this again." I actually did have a couple thoughts like that day, like, uh-huh. "Is this worth it?" It was like there were moments that were agonizingly uh, stressful. And that's the thing about armored combat is it takes an amazing amount of resolve and effort just to prepare, just to, you know, keep your kit working, to earn the money and plan the time to travel. It's a huge investment. It's a a huge endeavor. Not just the money, but yeah, everything. Uh, And I've heard of, you know, people who are really awesome martial artists, really awesome MMA fighters, um, you know, talented athletes who show up for their first day and put on kit and it's just not for them, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I thought about it when I was feeling, you know, frustrated and low and having my kit falling apart on me, trying to impress the people I had traveled across the country to, you know, be there to, to impress. And, uh, I was able to, you know, push past and look past that stress uh and ended up having you know the time of my life and become hopelessly addicted to spending my money on armor and weapons for the rest of my (laughs) able life Uh, (laughs) so yeah uh coming out of like the first day of battle like the high that i felt from the adrenaline was notable uh that, that yeah that was puts like you peak. on cloud nine and like everyone comes out of the battlefield and uh-huh. it's a party and everyone is loving on it on right. each other and telling war stories and laughing about what happened uh so what happened yeah. after that so what was you went to like a qualifier basically well it was a national tournament okay um and i showed up it was the last chance to like make the team it was when they were kind of deciding the roster and it was also the first time I'd ever put on kit and fought. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of crazy because I went to that tournament, put on kit, did well enough for them to give me a shot on the <coughs> the Striking Eagles. And uh, that's the five the man team or I, the ten man team. The next team? time I was fighting in kit was in Portugal in a castle. Okay. You know, so it went from like 
to like, zero to, to real fast, like giving me a thousand dollars speeding ticket. And yeah. And the striking Eagles is was that's the five man team or the 10 man team for that's uh, the five man team, which is kind of like the A team, if you will, not to say yeah, that, that they're any better com- than anyone. No, but, but that seems like the most competitive, like the less people on the team, the more one guy goes down that's 20% of your, you know, yeah. And body, uh, it's a challenge, uh, to fight in the u.s uh in this way because it's such a gigantic country and other teams have the advantage of having you know an hour maybe at the most drive time between each other whereas we are living in you know oklahoma and california and new jersey and arizona everywhere all over the place and it's all we only get small chances throughout the year to get that cohesion that's important yeah uh, between a team so it's an interesting, uh, interesting thing to be out there with like all these guys, um, who you kind of barely know, but you know them very well also through, like going through it together. Yeah, you have you develop least, a very. You know, I'm, le- I'm learning more and more about them each time I yeah. get to meet them and hang out, hang out, hang out with them in very small moments. Uh, you know, a weekend here and a weekend there when there's a tournament. So, uh, teams like the Ukraine fight every day together and. Yeah. It's their national sport, and uh, there are clubs of over 200 fighters, and that's just like one club. or I don't know if that's exactly right with the 200, but you know these are large organizations set up like an NFL team would be, uh, wow. and they actually farm kids. I say that in a kind of creepy way, but like <laughs> they have like youth sword leagues that yeah. are trajectored, traje- trajectories uh, aimed at Buhurt and uh, armored combat. So they like teach them range, and it's kind of like melee or dag style yeah. fighting. Um, just a small like aside. When I kind of first started coming out to melee, that almost seemed like the trajectory you were supposed to take was you would do melee until you were eighteen or twenty-one, then go do SCA, and that was just like the, the that's really path. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It never turned out that like when I first started coming out, that kind of stopped being a thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And now I kind of want to know. Where it is you would like to see yourself and the culture of full steel, like full armored, full speed combat in America in like 10 years. Where do I see it or where do I want it to go? Well, I, give me both. Like give me the, your pragmatic view and like what your ideal would be. Okay. So after that first year fighting, uh, me and Brandon Davis as well as uh, Jared Metcalf was one of our originally original three paid members to constitute a chapter. Uh, we started a team here in Tulsa, the Tulsa Tyrants. And, you know, I really wanted to do it because I saw a lot of potential in Tulsa as a city for this sport, both logistically uh, with where we're located, we're central in the U.S., uh, equidistant pretty much from each coast right and we're a hub from north and south as well uh tulsa is kind of a small city but it's a really good city uh it's got a lot of fun things to do music scene has picked up a lot uh it's still growing and developing and i think tulsa has a really hitch rich, a really rich history of uh fighters very much whether so. that be MMA or boxing or 
whatever it is. And oddly, like you know, the foam sports. It's I mean, yeah, it's kind of d- gone down a little bit in popularity over the past you know five six years, but it used to be massive here. You know, with Amp Guard Dag and Melee practices weekly. And uh, I think it's something, in, I don't know if something in the water or what, but, uh, you know, we even have a very active uh, SCA practice. Now there's the ACL workouts happening, and I'm sure that once you guys get enough guys kitted up, they'll be fighting practices for that as well. Uh, I don't know. I'm yeah, so and that's happening right now, actually. Because you guys are gearing up for an event We just had uh, an armored portion of our practice a week ago, and um, then we, we hit up an SCA practice as well and did some work with them using there you go. rattan okay. you know get kit time and we used uh long swords mostly because fighting with shield and sword in sca is a little bit it, it kind of teaches bad habits really true it's, yeah it's a, it's a good animal. analog to dueling but it's a different for animal. melees it's not really anything yeah. i mean it's fun and that's great and you so move. you guys started the tulsa tyrants you jared right. and uh brandon and so what's, like, the flight plan for that? Like, what's the plan to conquer the world from there? So the goal is to make Tulsa a destination each year for the league, the Armored Combat League. And, you know, that was a lofty goal uh, when we set out. And I didn't really know how it was going to happen. Um, looking at who I had on my team, we had a few other people from Melee and uh, our friends that we know kind of join up. A few have fallen off along the way. And other new people that have heard about the team since then have joined up uh, who are, you know, getting to know better. We're, we're starting to grow a uh, cohesive unit and build an identity yeah. and kind of a, uh, a vibe as a team, if you will. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a little lost. It's okay. Uh, like I was wanting I, to hear kind of your two trajectory. sides of life. Yeah, where, where, where right. do you think it's going to end up realistically and what you would really and like to see happen? action. Yeah, uh, but he said he'd go. <laughs> so the goal is to make Tulsa a destination for the ACL because we have the infrastructure and the interest and the, the, conditions poten- are right for the potential it. here to really be a good home. Also, I think Oklahomans and Americans in general just love good violence and competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and as this sport takes off, it's going to be really exciting. I think we're on the ground floor of it uh, to be heavily involved, and that's the potential of you know getting to grow alongside it uh, is exciting. Uh, I would love to be professional at this and develop mm-hmm. my team every day. And think about, you know, maintaining my armor and doing all this instead of having to work as a professional for a business. Right. This is, this is like inside. potentially going to become a business for a lot of people. And uh, I've, heard that, yeah, I've heard those rumblings from other people as well. Yeah. Um, there are people doing it already. And it's very exciting. As, as it becomes more and more popular and more people hear about it, the sky is really the limit where it could go. I uh, mean, it's it's a lot more fun to watch. Still very golf. young. So, yeah. Golf makes millions. Fuck that. Golf? Yeah, fuck golf. It is way better than golf. Yeah. I'd watch watch ACL any day over golf, for sure. Now, one of the things I think about kind of frequently about ACL, I know that you are still very um, varied in the games that you play. You still do the foam games as well. Is it ever kind of a bummer for you that there aren't these massive, like, hundreds of people on each side ACL fights just because it would be, you know, too dangerous or too hard to, you know, reeve safely? I think someday there will be, you know, scenario 
style battles or, uh, you know, we, I've seen videos in Russia where people are storming, uh, forts in the woods oh, yeah. and I know lo- what you're talking logs about. and hot water yes. being poured over walls. And, you know, that's not really my cup of tea. I don't want to go to that level of realism, but I really think that would be a fun kind of melding the LARP style of just mass scenario combat. event with okay. live steel sounds really fun and cool. Uh, and SCA is kind of famously doing well at that type of event right. setup. They have huge wars. I really want to go to Gulf some year. Yeah. And that's something that is really awesome about that organization is the sheer number of combatants that they can have on a field. That's fun. Uh, and that's not something we can quite do yet in ACL or IMCF. But, you know, uh, at some some of the tournaments, you get to see 30 on 30. Uh, and that, that, that looks so insane. They have like all on alls where they fill the whole list up with people, essentially anyone willing to get in at the end of the tournament and do just a for fun, friendly match. Okay. But it gets really cool and chaotic with so many different people's getting people. thrown everywhere they have yeah. little pods of teams in there that you know have uh their own ideas going on it, it's fun to watch right i think that's one of the very impressive things about watching a team usa fight is this interesting like open wedge that you guys do where you have like your that's wings the echelon re- formation yeah with your wings really far out and your apex way back yeah and that's a specific strategy we use for the 16 versus 16 okay. so maybe this is might be a good moment to explain uh all of the different types of contests that you can do because okay uh the medieval tournament which this is based on is kind of similar to a track meet but instead of you know shot put and discus and the 400 meter relay you have the joust and we didn't we don't really use horseback events but there were also events on foot which would be like uh sword and shield duels where it's one versus yeah. one combat uh tournament style uh then there's pole arm duels with you know uh axes halberds maybe hammers were used this at one point but we don't use blunt uh, hammers yeah, it's because way those, too dangerous. those crush armor. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's going to hurt people. Uh, but I know there are some Russian fights I've seen with hammers being used and it's crazy. So, man, uh, yeah, no thanks on all that. I'm good. So, uh, where were we? I don't know. I guess we were talking about, uh, the, the making Tulsa a spot that was very big for the ACL, very like notable for, you know, the quality of its fighters. Can you kind of describe for me what that feels like? Not not just the first time that you go out there all suited up, but just what it feels like even now to well, be... Well, the, the first time was very scary. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I'm i used to, like, high-level competition, which really helped me get through it, but it's kind of nerve-wracking when you don't know what to expect. You don't know how hard how it's going to feel. Uh, and the truth is, is, like, it's actually pretty painless in the moment unless you get injured. Yeah. Like, if something breaks, you feel that. But a lot of times, I don't know exactly where someone hit me until I'm, you know, calmed down about five minutes through after the fight. And, and yeah, my adrenaline is, yeah. is wearing off. And then, like, oh, I'm limping now or whatever it is. But the adrenaline really kind of masks a lot of what – a lot of the force and the pain. And uh, I kind of fight with a – I psych myself up into a bit of a frenzy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that kind of helps What's that me. process like? 
Uh, it's something I. It's <laughs> it's kind of like Bobby Boucher, maybe. Really? But not not quite as like visual. It's more right. just like trance and like meditative. Like when I'm getting ready to compete in something violent, like I'll try to like not talk to people and I'll listen to intense music. Kind of get really inside of get, your head. Like just tap into my like primal like hell yeah I like fight it. sense you know uh and I, my coaches in football in high school really had to kind of teach me to be ang- like a violent to tap into that like violent nature because yeah, you've like, never struck me i don't, as a I don't like to hurt person. people but yeah when it's a competition and we all agree to the rules and we follow the rules like i'm that's what i love about it is that it doesn't place a limit on on me and uh you can be as violent as you want I, I can go as hard as i want uh towards him and he's gonna go as hard as he can towards me and it's a real test of like test of your metal if you will yeah uh a literal test of your metal in some ways right uh so that that's that's really the appeal and the i think it's a really positive force in a lot of people's life as far as uh motivation to be active and uh have a goal and a drive as well as just a release for uh stress yes having that positive coping it, mechanism it's you meditative know. and uh when i was done with football and wasn't doing this i really noticed a frustration and not having a a, re- a good release for it so I mean, I'm really glad that you found something that seems to be such a positive force for you to, you know, again, not only express yourself in this way that you can't any other place, right. but gives you that drive and that energy to, you know, build something to create something, you know, from the ground. And to kind of tie this into the present day, talk to me about the event that's coming up. What was the, I'm kind of interested in the logistics of it. Like what was, you know, who talked to who, who called who, how did it come to light? Because I know I'm fucking pumped about it. I'm so excited. This is next weekend, right? And it's out yeah. in like near Kiefer? Or where it's is it? It's not Kiefer. It's in Kellyville, Oklahoma, Kellyville. Okay. which is the Creek County Fairgrounds facilities where we're going to have it. Uh, so being a good boss or manager, uh, I'm the chapter president of the team. I, I decided to get to delegate the captain position to Brandon Davis, who I think is a good motivator for a mission. Uh, He's a mover and a shaker. He can get, get things done. He is. He does get shit done. I have seen it firsthand. You know, I saw those strengths in him and and wanted him to have that role. Uh, He's an asset to the team in a lot of ways. And we have a lot of assets on our team. Uh, We're really lucky and have a huge talent. Uh, pool a very very skill set which is also a reason i decided to do this because uh after going and doing this myself one of my favorite things is how inspired my friends became some of the people who were thinking about and dreaming about the same thing i was saw someone that they knew which got to be me do it and it made it more attainable in their in their world you know do you feel like you kind of special thing for me to like have brought people like Heath Sutherland and Ben Hobb and uh, Brand- Brandon saw me, you know, get my butt whooped in Portugal and was like, it's not happening without me next to him next time, you know. Is that so, part of what kind of you think drives you to keep going? And do you kind of ever feel like a pressure to, you know, keep being this person 
that is a hugely like positive impact on the community like do you feel like you set a standard for yourself now i mean i i don't hold a standard for myself but i just generally uh you know i've been a victim of negative things in my life and so i really have always tried to be self-conscious of my effects on people and to make sure that people are comfortable and safe around me uh yeah because i don't know i lost my train of thought on that but people i i don't like for people to be you know unsafe or i don't know just what kind of emotional impact has that had on you of seeing these guys who uh were kind of maybe even your mentors in the foam world then following your lead into this acl life yeah so that it makes me really happy that some that uh i was able to maybe open the avenue to them uh and make it make it more real uh because they have a huge potential too and i think it's a positive thing in all of our lives it's gotten us all together and outdoors and moving uh building something the, the more i work out the better my mood is every day um and it's hard to be motivated to stay consistent that's something i've always struggled with i need a team to hold me accountable and to feel bad about like letting down when I want to be lazy, you know, uh, and seeing people like Heath Sutherland who like will not stop in his, in his drive forward to be better. Like it really puts a good pressure on you to, you know, better yourself every day. And he's, he's really great. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does. Me too. Going down this road. Well, I think he's going to be awesome. I think that for me, that kind of wraps up the sum total of all my questions. Nathaniel, do you have anything that you were any burning questions to ask? Yeah, I think I got a few. Hey, how's all it right. going, Cole? It's going good. It's welcome, me. Welcome to the podcast. Finally. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, my name's Nate. Uh, this is also Nate. That's a joke. We're going to keep saying that until it kills one of us. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm out but yeah choose that yep that's the joke this is what's going to make you laugh um <laughs> so um you're a big guy i'm a big guy yeah you're, you're a bigger guy we're, we're vibing yeah <laughs> let's get to the the fucking bottom of it um, and you know, no, I will not give you a piggyback. Ride. No, no, I'm not. That's not what I'm asking for. Don't worry. Trust me. I, mm. Okay. If you ask nicely, then maybe I will. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, I've known you for a few years. Yep. Uh, and I've known you via fighting, actually via Nate through fighting. Um, I still very vividly remember the first time I saw you on the field and decided to fight you and then you threw me three feet. That was pretty cool, and I always looked up to that moment. Now, oh, cool. Yeah, like just I was like, if I'm gonna do something to somebody, I want to do that at least once in my career. That was awesome. Um, but as a as a big guy in fighting to another big guy in fighting, I've become crippled. You're you're still going. You're going hard. You're getting hard with even harder things. I am getting older. You are getting older too. But 
Well, uh, it's true. We all are. We uh, all but are. people in the sport, uh, you know, really show you that it's only like as far as you'll allow yourself to stop uh, that holds you back. Right. I like there's a 72 year old I know who is still fighting and ex-Marine gets, uh, you know, bronze medals in the longsword in the ACL. Damn. At 72. You know. He's not, uh, you know, as quick as he used to be, but God damn it, he's out there right. doing an awesome job at 70 fucking two. Well, he so that, that really drives me to, like, get the most out of my youth and, and uh, uh, make the best I of right <laughs> now because I, this, I'm not getting any younger. I'm only going to get a little older and a little slower right. each day. So I'm glad that I'm doing this now and uh, have a lot more time to go. Well, I guess, I guess my follow-up question to it is, is how long do you project you're going to go? Because, I mean, you got this 72-year-old dude who, I'm going to make a guess here and say he's been fighting a while. If he's, you know, 72 in this sport, even if it is a young sport, you know, been doing it for a bit. Um, He got into it when it was early. You're getting into it in a little bit of its later game of getting started. Barely, yeah. And, you know, if it takes off the way you guys are projecting everything how long do you think you're going to go because i mean i know i know that when i talk about murder bowl with people they get excited at the idea of it and they make jokes about it and like yeah we should have people who are incarcerated on death row fighting a gladiatorial arena you guys are doing it without being criminals murder bowl you know the death race are you against this in any way no 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 no. i love murder bowl i love acl too Really, really huge advocate for Murder Bowl. Um, but that would be awesome if prisons started ACL teams. Right. And then took them on tour. Right? It'd be amazing. Except Start a prison. Guys. Have it be real. <laughs> Ye old stockade. I feel like this is the start of its, if it's not always sending Philadelphia episode, like the gang opens a prison. Yeah, that would be the tagline for sure. Pretty much. <laughs> it just Gravity prints money. Um, <laughs> hey, I can't hear over here. I can't see you. Bamboozled. Which means I also can't hear you. Um, but no. Uh, how, how long do you think you're going to stick with it? Because like, when I tell people about that, they get real excited, which means it's going to blow up. It's going to be huge. There's no doubt about it. Everybody wants to watch a motherfucker get killed. Uh, yeah, I... <coughs> I mean, I would like to do it as long as I possibly can. And I don't really have any clue how long that is. Time will tell and my body will tell. But as long as I can, I'll do it. And probably when I can't do it anymore, then I'm going to focus on, you know, how else can I participate uh, from here? Whether that's, you know, organizing or uh, training fighters or making armor. I'd like to maybe do a lot of those things in the future too. So okay, so so sort of like transitioning over from the combat. But to it's the not something I sciences. anticipate wanting to quit. Okay. At any point, it's just I might have to at some time. Right. Due I to health or whatever, or maybe financial issue. You know, whatever might happen. But yeah, I, in my ideal vision, like I'm, I'm going till I can't running the train off the tracks. Moving into arts and sciences. Okay. That makes sense. Going off the rails on a crazy train. <laughs> 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 
God, yeah. Uh, I saw a crazy train uh, dubbed up with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and it was amazing. Some cool shit, right? Yeah, did you see that? Yeah. It was awesome. It's great. Ozzy sounded good and melodic, like with actual <laughs> music played over it. <laughs> I've, I've always really liked uh, their song, Mr. Crowley. Yeah, Mr. Crowley. It's a good song. I haven't heard that. Mr. Crowley. Um, yeah, that, that's that's the podcast humor right there. Is we ad lib a Man, song. This mic is real sweaty. You're gonna need to disinfect it. Ah, oh, no, we don't. Di- <laughs> Have you seen us? <laughs> um, no. Well, I, yeah, I guess now they get to see us. That's a thing. God, I forgot about that. Um. Where was it? Where was You're it? on candid camera. I don't remember my other question. I really wish I did. It was a good one too. Think of a new question. Yeah, well, where do babies come here's from? Here's another thing. I'm not getting into that with you. Your mommy and daddy can uh, take that. Bullet, Damn it! But uh, Nate asked earlier, like about the event coming up. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. So, uh, anyway, uh, so it's gonna be. A two-part thing. One part is open to the public, which is the Route 66 showdown. That's on Saturday night, uh, September 8th, 530 to 730. Also, ask me about it. I can get you some Wagyu out there. Wagyu? Yeah, the beef. Wagyu beef. You want to get me some beef out there? I can get you, like... I'm not going to say no to beef, but we'll talk about the details. All right. All right. I got you, baby. Uh, So... Before Saturday night's event, we're also going to be hosting fighters from around the country uh, for a, a fighter boot camp. And we're going to have a bunch of the striking eagles and veteran, several veteran knights in town teaching classes. And fighters have registered uh, in advance for the classes. They're going to come and learn a bunch of new skills, uh, tactics, strategy, field awareness, all kinds of things that you need to keep in mind and develop. Uh, really an awesome opportunity for anyone who's like wanting to get into the sport. Uh, you have to be an ACL member though, which is a $50 membership. Then there's the event fee on top of that. Um, but we're ha- we already have about 20, uh, to 25 fighters signed up. And I think a few even aren't, you know how people are kind of hesitant to RSVP, but you know, I think we could have maybe 30 fighters who are going to be there as well as the Eagles who are teaching the classes uh, I'm hoping to get some of them in armor too. That would be really awesome. But we're gonna put on put on a two-hour show. Have a really good time. We'll have uh, a really nice arena with some stands and a good good platform to, for everyone to see us. Uh, it's a cheap event for the family. It's only uh, seven dollars if you pre-purchase the tickets, and kids ten and under are free to get in. So no, no, this event. Uh, you said it's gonna be a two-hour show. Is this gonna be two hours compiling of only uh real steel fighting or will there also be some uh arts and sciences type showing going on as well in between uh there will be chances for the crowd to interact with the fighters uh and you know they they're a depth of knowledge a breadth of knowledge uh in themselves but we don't have any you know classes for the public planned uh, it's going to be two hours of as much fighting as we can fit into, you know, our window. Okay. And we're going to do all kinds of different scenarios, uh, different 
<clears throat> different weapon duels probably uh, a few different examples of acl events might do some sword and board and pole arm type stuff just right so people can see those weapon sets uh against each other but the melees are really the exciting part and we'll have quite a few fighters to put on a good good raw good, good little show, show yeah. yeah okay well, right on um you know that about and hopefully if all goes well uh and according to plan this isn't the last uh event that we're gonna have here in december we're looking at having a, a higher level event this is just chapters who are coming and individual fighters but uh in december we're having the western conference come to tulsa and so that involves all fighters west of the mississippi so it's going to be a much bigger event and just an army of people hopefully yeah. we get everyone addicted and give them a little taste and they're going to come back and uh have an even better time with the acl the next time uh and if all goes well that could really set us up on a good trajectory going forward uh towards making it making our goal attainable of making the make tulsa a uh, destination for the acl well well best of luck to you guys there it sounds extremely interesting and uh i can't wait for it i want to come and watch you guys all hit each other yeah if anybody wants to buy tickets you just need to search for route 66 showdown on facebook or eventbrite uh and that's seven dollars if you get them before you're at the door so we'll post that link on the podcast page as well just to get it out there people hear this um but yeah i think that about wraps it up for us all right and thank you so much for cole coming out with us is there anything else you'd like to close out on cole real quick uh this is coltrane and i've just been nate squared all right thank you so much cole uh i've been nate this is also nate that's a joke and i'm uh, nate uh and thank you again for listening in um y'all have a nice evening all right and that was the great cole fowler interview um so again it was great having him out it was great having everybody out for that live stream thank you again to all those who showed up uh you were all delightful to have um sorry again that it wasn't the best but you know you try staying up for over 24 hours and recording a podcast at the same time it's it's a living hell but we had fun uh it seemed like cole had fun while he was there seemed like everybody had fun um so yeah uh what's been going on with me um you know same old same old i got a new job I'm cooking again, uh, which is nice. Uh, Trying to get back on the saddle of making money. Um, you know, just, just working, keeping our noses to the grindstone. I know for Nate, um, he's pretty much doing the same, just working, staying on the on the grind, chugging along. Uh, we got a lot of really cool content coming out in the future for you. Uh, the next episode, keep an eye out for it. That should be episode six, I believe. Uh, and we're going to be trying to do that one over whiskey tasting. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, should be fun. A little break from the uh, more competitive-based podcasts. Yeah, but it, it should be good. Um, other than that, God, I need to go ahead and wrap this up because i got to get in bed. Got to get some night cool in me. Uh, start resting up so I can head to work tomorrow. Well, I've been Nate. Um, he was also Nate. And this was Nate Squared. You all have a lovely week.